Hello and welcome to the Freelance Confidence Podcast. This is episode four, coming to you from freelanceconfidence.com. And I am Philippa Willits. Today I want to talk to you about an issue that is the bane of every freelancer's life. And that is difficult clients, problem clients, nightmare clients, whatever you might want to call them. Now, everybody gets them from time to time. You must go check out clientsfromhell.net if you haven't already, if you're not already familiar with it. It's mainly um, stories from designers, web designers, graphic designers, but there are there's the odd story from a writer in there, but it's basically stories from freelancers about some of the nightmare people they have to deal with it will make you laugh and cringe and hate the world all at the same time. And so because I've just been having a bit of a clients from hell binge, I thought what I might talk about today was how to try and spot a difficult client in advance so that you can not agree to work with them. It saves a lot of hassle if you can do it that way. Now the first one is information that isn't available to everybody, but my first tip on avoiding difficult clients is avoid difficult clients, avoid clients who you know have caused difficulties for other, thanks notification, avoid clients who you know have caused difficulties for other freelancers. If you are friends with other freelancers and you know that someone doesn't pay on time or they're unreasonable in their expectations, don't expect that they'll be any better with you than they were with your mate. It's probably them, not the freelancer. Number two is that they can be very demanding right from the start. Even from the first email inquiry they send you, they might have a list of demands that seem aggressive almost. If somebody's already telling you, I expect to reply by three o'clock and I want this work done in this exact way and I, you know, that kind of thing. Just think, is that someone who you can have a conversation with? Is it someone you can negotiate with? Is it someone you can work with? Or is it someone who's just going to ask and ask and ask for more and more and more? Number three is somebody who's very high maintenance. They want six hour long conversations on Skype before you can ever start work. Um, That's not reasonable. Um, And if they're being that demanding before you've even done any work for them, again, just imagine what they'll be like if they hire you. Um, If somebody's demands right from the start seem unreasonable, which is similar to point two, but different, in that if they just need a lot of attention from you, that's a bad sign and something to avoid. Number four, avoid people who, when they approach you, seem unprofessional in some way. Do they make some kind of sexist comment if you're a woman? Do they make you feel uncomfortable in some way? Are they overly familiar? Again, there are boundary issues there that you need to be careful of because clients with poor boundaries are a lot of work. Number five, and this is one to be really careful of, 
does your potential client have a lot of bad stuff to say about people they've worked with before? Do they approach you and say, we are looking for a writer because we've hired three writers before and they were absolutely terrible. They had no idea what they were doing and they were rubbish and useless. Please, will you come and write for us instead? Now, some people do have bad experiences with freelancers. That's not in itself a warning sign. Some freelancers, unfortunately for the profession, are unreliable, poor quality, don't know what they're doing. However, if a client seems to have a really checkered history with just endless bad experiences with endless freelancers, you do have to start wondering, is it something to do with them, not the freelancers involved? And do you want to be the next freelancer on their hate list? Number six is, are they unsure or unclear on what they want? Now, not every client comes to you with an exact picture of what they're looking for, and that's fine. And part of your job may indeed be to advise them on the best course of action. But if somebody changes their mind a lot, they tell you they want something, then the next day email you and say, nope, change plan, let's do this. I once had a client who would have a great idea for a big project and we'd talk about it and we'd bat out a lot of ideas. I'd write out a detailed quote for him with all his ideas covered and then he'd go a bit quiet and then a few weeks later come up with a whole new project idea He'd kind of abandoned the first one for a quite obscure reason. Come back to me with another great idea and we'd go through the whole dance again. And it never turned into anything. It took up a lot of time and energy. And I should have learned. Well, I did learn eventually. By the third big idea, I stopped doing the dance and playing the game. But yeah, if they're changing their mind all the time, that's definitely a warning sign. Seven, I think, is if the client is uh, expects you to be able to do things in a superhuman amount of time or for a tiny amount of money. Now, different clients have different budgets and a client with a low budget isn't necessarily a difficult client at all. It could just be that they're not the right client for you. But if somebody wants you to get everything finished by yesterday and they don't want to pay you the amount of money that that respects, that that deserves, then maybe they're not respecting what you do. Maybe they're not respecting your talent, your skills and your expertise. And if rather than, if you say, sorry, that's not, you know, I don't work for that price, my fee would be this, a good prospect would say, okay, no problem, I'll look for somebody else. If they get very demanding and want you to do it anyway for their tiny price, that's somebody definitely to avoid. Danger sign number eight is a client who wants freebies before they'll hire you. This is sometimes just a naive request, sometimes part of a big scam, scam rather, to get enough freebies off enough freelancers that they never actually have to pay for any content at all. I provide samples for clients, but it works in one of two ways. 
One is I show them work that I've previously had published and they can make a decision based on that. Two is they pay me for samples. Good clients are happy to pay for samples because they know you're producing work from scratch for them. So if somebody wants a freebie sample or several freebie samples, even if they promise lots and lots of work down the road, be aware and be wary. So that is my top eight tips for avoiding those tricky clients that you would regret working with. Check out the rest of the episodes of this podcast at freelanceconfidence.com where there is also now a link to the RSS feed if you want to subscribe or and or to the Stitcher Smart Radio link. iTunes hasn't gone up yet but I will add that link when it is. Thank you for listening and I will speak to you again tomorrow.